Overnights with Tim Webster on ABC Radio and on the ABC Listen app. Ah, it doesn't move too fast here. Let's move nice and slow. From the United States of America, here is on the line Celeste Katz-Marston. Hi. Good morning. Good morning to you. How's everything over there? It's it's getting pretty dramatic, Celeste. <laughs> it really is. I don't know if you're talking about the weather, but that part of it is dramatic. But yeah, we have some political stuff going on yeah. as well. Yeah, the weather's well. Just firstly, though, we discussed this fella uh, last weekend, and it's got movie written all over it. Am I pronouncing his name correctly? Danilo Cavalcante. That sounds right. That is yeah. the, the man the world has been looking for, at least uh, the eastern United States. Yeah, and the way he was captured, really, you know, there's a script in there for a movie for sure. Really shocking. And, you know, a lot of people were watching this. It, it, it really reminded me of that movie, The Fugitive, or I think it was a TV show as yeah. well, but just this all-out manhunt and how this guy kept evading the police, evading everybody looking out their windows and trying to hunt this guy down. And in the end, it was a heroic dog that actually made the arrest initially. Yes, I saw those pictures on TV today, and uh, the dog looks very happy with itself, that's for sure. <laughs> I think a lot of people are happy yeah, we, with we him. We got him. So we, thank you. Yeah, thank we you, got Yoda. him. We got him. So, but should remind the listeners, though, this is a, this is a bad man. Uh, he, you know, it's great that they recaptured him. He really, yeah, he had been uh, uh, serving a prison sentence in Pennsylvania for uh, murdering his girlfriend, mm. apparently in front of her two small children. And so this this is not a guy that you wanted to see uh, prowling around your house or uh, trying to get into your garage or your yard or something like that. So uh, they had actually closed down schools. People were advised to stay in their houses. Uh, actually sort of a, a terrifying experience for a lot of people in that in that area as they tried to find him. Yes. And this is the guy, listeners, uh, reminding you who uh, got out of prison by that uh, crazy way he scaled the wall. And uh, as I say, you know. I shouldn't make too much light of it because he is a bad dude, but, uh, you know, someone's going to make a movie out of that, that's for sure. But they got him and obviously not going back to that jail, Celeste. Yeah, I think that they're going to be a keeping a closer eye on him in the future. And supposedly they are making some security upgrades to that prison. I, I, I might be wrong about this. I don't think I am, though. I believe other people have attempted to escape from that, that same prison yeah. so that they know that there's an issue. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, politics in, in your country, well, it's it's always fascinating. But I'll tell you what fascinates me about this. Um, Joe Biden's brushed off this attempt at impeachment, but it all goes back to, and this isn't going away, issues relating to his son, Hunter. Yeah. Right. So uh, certainly there have been a lot of questions about the president's son, Hunter Biden, who's had a lot of business dealings overseas, including in Ukraine, and the question of whether, A, whether he tried to use his father to sort of juice his own business. Mm. And then what uh, Republicans are asking, I'm not sure they have quite proven it yet, but they want to ask more questions about whether uh, the family and the president might have benefited from this in in some way. So they are looking uh, in the House Republican uh, conference towards an impeachment process. Yeah, and as politicians tend to do, uh, Joe said, I'm focused on the things that the American people want me focused on. You know, I think with politicians, sometimes they lose sight of what their people want to be focused on, don't they? 
Right. I mean, for most people, and look, our, our former president was impeached. A couple of presidents mm. back from him was also impeached. And, you know, just to be clear, an impeachment is, is an inquiry. It's a trial. It's not a uh, yeah. a prison sentence or a, a monetary fine or something like that. But I think for the most part, people read the story and say, wow, OK, maybe that's interesting or maybe that's worrisome or maybe that's uh, political payback, but it doesn't pay the mortgage on my house. It doesn't put gas in my car. That's it. it doesn't That's give it. my kids a good yeah. education. Yeah, it's it's good politics, I suppose. Well, I think it's good politics, but, you know, like here, the people say, well, I don't really care that much about that. You know, you're right. I'm trying to put food in my face and, and petrol in the car. But they don't seem to let up on this, though, do they? They won't let it go like a dog with a bone. Right. And, uh, you know, there may be, uh, you know, aside from the facts of the of the case, which, again, are under investigation by a lot of people and a lot of people have asked those questions. Nobody's been proven yet. I think it's it has not been proven that the president uh, benefited from this in in some way. But of course, we have just been through a situation uh, involving impeachment and involving many ongoing court cases right now with our former president. So there's been some question about whether um, adherents or admirers of the former president would like to essentially create a distraction or sort of level the playing field. Uh, That is is one argument. The other argument is, is there a legitimate reason to look into the current president's son and figure out if something untoward is going on? Yeah. Well, you know, again, I think the point with all of that is um, I think people get very annoyed that it seems, whether it's true or not, uh, that the people, and we call it the big end of town or the top end of town, seem to be able to do things that the average person can't. And uh, that's probably what gets under most people's skin, I think. Yeah, there definitely has been a sense in in American politics for a very long time, probably since the beginning. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that there's one one set of rules for for one group and another set of rules for everybody else. Yeah, and as you say, it's a, it's impeachment here. Uh, it'd be a no confidence motion or a censure motion passed, and you know it's all politics really, and they very rarely succeeded getting anything done. Now, um, I, I love uh, this conversation, Celeste. We're having about. AI, and we had some last week, and it was in your country too, where a, uh, I think one of your judges ruled that AI, uh, in art terms, if it's the robot creating a piece of art, it can't be copyrighted because the human hand is not involved. But I mean, this one sounds a little bit more dangerous than that. Uh, outlaw attaching a gun to a robot. Yeah, what's this story? Right. So they're looking at uh, more and more sort of either remote controlled or autonomous, essentially, um, uh, robotic equipment. This might be an actual robot. It might be a drone. So it might be something that Mm. flies around. But essentially what they want to do is head off the possibility that anything like that could be equipped with a firearm, gun, with a cannon or something like that, because you can obviously see how that could play out very badly, supposing you have, I don't know, a neighbor or uh, an ex or somebody you don't like, and you attach some sort of firearm to a drone and you fly it over their house. Maybe you don't even hurt them, but you are certainly uh, harassing and terrorizing them. So they really just want to cut that off at the pass because that's 10 miles of bad road. Oh, goodness me. That's that scenario you just pointed. Well, of course, and I suppose some people are clever enough to do that, attach some sort of uh, well, we shouldn't be giving people ideas, uh, attaching weapons to drones. So, um, you know, this, um, <laughs> this AI uh, and robots having more and more of a role in our lives is going to have lots of problems associated with it, I believe, in, in the very near future. 
Yeah, actually, I was just doing a story for the newspaper I report for. You probably know that we've been in the midst of an ongoing actor's strike you have, uh, yeah. in, in the United States. And uh, the woman I was talking to said, you know, I was scanned for AI. Now they have uh, full images of my body. They have recordings of my voice and they can use that stuff any way they want. They could make me appear on screen to be doing or saying things that I never said or did or wanted to say. Or yeah. do. And it's really out of my control. And the, you know, the, the snowballing effect of that she believes at least, and other people are concerned about is that maybe they won't have to pay people to be in films at all, even famous actors, because they can just CGI the whole thing. Exactly right. Uh, and that is exactly why uh, you've still got the, uh, the strike going on. And I, you know, it, it's, it must be tough. I mean, this is now months and months and months, so people aren't making a living, uh, but they're sticking to their guns, and I I think it's great. I mean, sometimes you give in, but they're not, are they? So far, not. And, uh, you know, the woman I spoke to for this piece for the uh, the Concord Bridge, which is the nonprofit newspaper I write for, said, look, I mean, she's not even on screen most of the time. She plays largely either as a day player or as a stand in, you know, for blocking of scenes and lighting of scenes so that when the real actors come in, they're ready. And she's, uh, you know, a mom with two little kids. She's not a famous person and she's just trying to eat. Yeah, it's a terrible situation. You know, this second part of this, um, you know, listeners, this is, uh, it's interesting stuff, this. So when we watch a movie, you'll often see, won't you, like a, a robot that will go in to explode what they think might be a bomb underneath a car. So that's you know, a very clever person doesn't have to be involved in that. But, you know, having the robot with a weapon, uh, so they might have to get, what, a warrant uh, from uh, law authorities to be able to use the robot in that way or use the robot with a weapon in its whatever a robot has, its claws, it's uh, it's becoming a minefield, Celeste. It really is, and I think what they're trying to do is because essentially we have laws uh, to protect people from uh, unlawful search and seizure. You know, we yeah. have even an amendment in our constitution. So I think what they're trying to head off there is the idea that it's not okay for a robot to do it if it's not okay for a person to do it. You you would need a search warrant to go into somebody's house and rifle through their stuff or look for evidence of a crime or drugs or whatever, and you can't get a warrant, it's not cool to say, well, we'll send in the robot. Yeah. Well, uh, I wonder, have the police officers had something to say about this? Because for them, I suppose, if it was legal to do, the robot can go in with some sort of a weapon. They can stay back uh, away from the action, if you like, and the robot's the one that's going to take all the heat but uh, yeah I, again let me say i just my mind goes into overdrive with that it just boggles as to what the uh, the actual outcomes could be from all of this right and i think that a lot of what it comes down to is uh human perception the idea that human beings can exercise some sort of judgment or assess a situation in a certain way i mean there are a lot of things that AI can do. My husband, for example, is in uh, self-driving vehicles, self-driving cars. And yeah. these cars do, in fact, drive themselves. They are not remote controlled. They can see obstacles. They can adapt to changing situations at the same time. But they are still learning. Mm. And they're being taught by people, feeding them massive, massive amounts of data. You know, how does a car recognize what is a red light at an intersection yeah. and what is a green light at an intersection in all sorts of different conditions at night, in snow, all these mm. kinds of things. So the machines are still learning. Yeah. So I think the, the question with law enforcement is, is there still an element of 
human consideration and analysis and perception that machines just don't have yet. Yes, I've just remembered the phrase uh, that the judge ruled that you can't uh, copyright something that in art produced by the robot because the robot is not guided by the human hand. Now, the counter argument was, well, yes, but the human hand created the robot. So, I mean, I think um, your judges, our judges, judges around the world are going to be kept very busy with this. Yeah, and I think I'm going to need a, a robot to get me an aspirin for no. all the uh, sort of confusion that it's caused. It, it's really thorny. It's it's fascinating, but you can see how some of it could could get super super complicated. Yeah, absolutely. You know who the only the only ones who win out of all of this, as usual, are the lawyers. They're going to have a field day. <laughs> they're going to go. That is very true. You know very well. Now all of this dreadful dreadful weather we're having around the world, and you're having it too. That awful earthquake uh, in Morocco and the flooding in Libya, but you've, you've had some awful weather too. We really have. And we've had very, very intense uh, rainstorms, thunderstorms, I mean, knocking out sort of semi-usual stuff, but more intense than usual, knocking out power, the trees falling down, that sort of thing. But we have seen some radical flooding here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. I mean, involving evacuations of nursing homes, dams getting ready to burst, you know, lots of stress on that, people being absolutely stranded and life being disrupted. And, you know, most most recently we had what was referred to as a 200-year storm in parts of this state, really Mm. just absolutely overwhelming, washing out roads and putting people's lives in danger. Yes, yeah, same uh, here in this state and uh, the other states of Australia had it too, um, where I live. Um, it was called a once in a thousand year flood. We've had four of them in five years. So that debunks that theory. So look, are the meteorologists, seismologists in, in your country saying exactly the same thing as being said all over the world that, you know, it's the changes in the climate that's causing all of this extreme weather? Yeah, I mean, largely that is the that is the consensus. And of course, there are still holdouts who do not want to accept that and they present what they say is uh, counter evidence. But I think, you know, very, very largely in the the scientific community and in the United States, people say the climate is changing and that's why this is happening. Yeah, well, it's just I mean, it's heartbreaking. Absolutely. Some of the pictures we're seeing from around the world is just absolutely heartbreaking. And and you, uh, goodness me, you you have uh, in that belt that you've got in the States so many of those uh, tornadoes, which is something virtually unheard of here. It's uh, It's amazing how many of them you have. Yeah, I think the tornado watch for this area or parts parts of uh, New England here uh, was just lifted recently, but I was keeping an eye out. I mean, it's it's really terrifying. You think storms and things you grew up were were one thing or even just living in New England and thinking, well, you know, these kinds of crazy hurricanes, that's for uh, the southern United States. That's mm. for Florida or the Gulf Coast. But yeah. Uh, you know, here in the Boston area, uh, we're keeping an eye out the window for sure and staying away from the windows when we have to. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, here where I am in this state, and I've noticed uh, I, I do a weather forecast, it's now, you know, only mid-September, and uh, we're getting temperatures in, in the 30 degrees across the weekend. So everything's gone haywire. <laughs> it seems like that. I've, some of my garden likes it and some of it does not, but... Um, yeah, definitely seeing uh, 
changes in the seasons. Now, I mean, of course, this is a, a very, very small snapshot in the history of time, what, what you and I and, and everybody Indeed, uh, yeah. out there in Radio Land are listening to. But I think if you look at the trends, the long-term trends over time, since at least since records have been kept, the, it's not only the change, but the pace at which things are changing. That is the real concern. Indeed. Always lovely to talk to you. Thanks for your time. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much, Celeste. Overnights with Tim Webster on ABC Radio and on the ABC Listen app. Yeah, she's lovely, Celeste Katz-Marsden.